Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Soda number 191. The Jack Drink Gentry grows his pedo stash back out to help the Titans win of Sodes. Now, that one's not necessarily uh, specific to the Titans, but it is specific to this podcast. Um, yeah. More, Jack, more we haven't talked about it. My upper lip. What? You, yeah. uh, is this the mustache conversation? I mean, we might, maybe we do have it here in the cold open of the show. Arthur Smith just shaved his because obviously they were not performing well. Um, are what, I? You've had this for a few weeks now. I haven't even brought it up yet. Yeah. You know, it used to work. The mustache thing, it used to work. Uh, it hasn't worked yet. Am I giving up on it? No. A lot of variables have gotten in the way of the mustache and the winning streak. However, I think we go down to Tampa Bay where everyone's a pirate. Yeah. And the mustache works again. Okay. All right. Well, how about this? Trust, trust the process. If the Titans lose this Sunday, will will you move on from the stash? Or are you yeah, going to pull I, Arthur I'm down Smith? with that. Mustache bet. Okay. How does your girlfriend feel about it? Uh, you know, indifferent, indifferent. Okay. Indifferent. Kind of how, how she feels about you. Right. Which is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a big sode uh, this week. You know, it was looking to be like a downer sode uh, coming off the loss to the Steelers. But then Mike Vrabel came to the podium today and said, Will Levis is this team's starting quarterback moving forward. We're going to get into that as well as a little bit into the Bucks game. Uh, maybe some Mike Vrabel discussion as well. And then we will turn it over to our guy, Lucas Panzica from 104.5 The Zone, the best part of the Buck Rising show, if you ask us. And uh, we will talk to him about all things Titans from Steelers loss to the future moving forward. But before we get into all of that, let's first get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in the national area work better, live better, and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues, you got low back pain, your neck gets tight from time to time, maybe you sleep funky, then Relax the Back is the place for you. They've got a variety of chairs to combat neck and back pain, like their massage chairs, their zero gravity chairs, X chairs. Again, these are all items you can test out while you're in the showroom. They've also got sleep technology such as Technogel and Tempur-Pedic. Those come in pillows and mattresses. They've also got Bluetooth um, sleep machines where sound, excuse me, sound machines. Uh, all of these tools and items will help maximize your sleep every night. They're going to make sure you're waking up and feeling great every day. So go check them out. They're located in Nashville at 2020 Glen Echo Road. It's in Green Hills right across from uh, Hillsborough High School. If you're unable to get there in person, don't worry about it. You can view every item in their showroom online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. It's a great place to start looking for early Christmas presents, birthday presents, you name it. 
relax the backs got it all when you go in make sure to tell them that a to z sports sent you our show title came to us via Jordan Lowry at Titan Dad underscore four. Uh, I should I forgot to point that out. Shout out to Jordan uh, Lowry. If you've got a show title you want to submit to us, shoot it our way at Titan Up Pod on Twitter at Titan Up Podcast. And with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train is coming. It's rolling around the bend. What is up, Toy Meds? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is November 8th, 2023. 11-8, or should I say Levis 8 which is short for Elevated Levis number 8. The new QB1 in Nashville, Tennessee. A new day is upon us, Titans fans. A uh, chance to see, for the first time, your rookie quarterback take the field as the undisputed QB1 for this Titans franchise. Number 17, Ryan Tannehill, who we will talk about uh, at length uh, in a little bit, is taking the a step back. He's going to hop on that bench for the first time since the Titans were... Uh, two and four against the uh, uh, going into the Denver Broncos game. Uh, two and three, I guess I should say, going into the Denver Broncos game of the 2019 season. For the first time, Ryan Tannehill will not be uh, in the QB one spot. Jack, this is a weird. This is this is weird, but it's like it, it's a good feeling. I'm going to say that it's a great feeling because I'm excited for the Billy Jean's season to take place. However. It is weird because we're moving on from a guy who got us so far and uh, just elevated this franchise to places where I don't think any of us ever expected to go based off of where the previous decade had been before. And I, so Jack, your initial thoughts when Will Levis was announced today uh, on the day we're recording this by Mike Frabel at the podium at the Titans presser. Yeah, first reaction, I was a little surprised. I thought Rabel was going to roll with Tannehill, even though Levis had looked good. He just seems loyal to his guys. And, you know, some coaches have that whole, you can't lose your job due to an injury thing. I'm glad that Rabel did make this decision. It's the right decision. Will Levis has showed enough in the two games that he's played to uh, take over this role. And, you know, Tannehill's contract expiring at the end of the season, it just made perfect sense. It's kind of like that first drink on a Saturday morning after a long Friday night. Right, you go out of town. You're with some buddies. You have a long Friday night. You wake up. You're you're feeling a little off balance, so you need something to settle you. It's that first drink on Saturday. Now it could go, it could be bad. You could end up pulling the trigger and hugging a toilet for the next 20 minutes, or <laughs> you get back on your feet. You start feeling good again. A little hair of the dog gets you back to where you need to be. I think Will Levis gets the Titans back to where they need to be, and more importantly, it's kind of galvanized this fan base a little bit. A lot of people, and I don't blame them, have kind of faded. Their, their passion has faded by watching this Titans offense over the last, you know, I guess year dating back to November. Well, I would say I would year. say three, but I would say three, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I think Will Levis offers optimism, and even though they lost to the Steelers, like I was, I was upset. I was actually upset about the loss, and 
which is a good thing because I expected to win that game with Will Levis. Like that's the guy we have at quarterback right now. I expect to win games with this guy, even though he's a rookie because of how talented he appears to be. Yeah. But I did come out of that game kind of feeling, okay, you know what? A couple different play calls. Maybe they, they let Will Levis sling it a little bit more in the second half. And the Titans walk away with a win. I mean, hell, he almost let him down the field and won the game at the end, forced the ball into the end zone because there's 11 seconds left and results in an interception. But that's going to happen when you put your rookie quarterback in that situation. And he did all of this behind an offensive line. Like, Andre Dillard can't block a pop-up ad. Andre Dillard, at least twice in that game, let untouched rushers get to Levis. That yeah. can't happen. And for Levis to have that type of offensive line play in front of him, again, out with Chris Hubbard, as well at right tackle, it, it's even more it's even more impressive to me. Look, I, I know we saw too much of Nick Folk. We love to see Nick Folk, but not that often. They they I think that they could have scored another touchdown there, and you know didn't need to go down at the end of the game and try and win the drive on the final drive, or win the game yeah. on the final drive. But that's where I, they were. I Look, said the, the I said cuss words after. Like. I said cuss words after the Tajay Spears draw uh, to end the first half uh, to yeah. settle for the field goal on third and ten. That I I did I I that one that one really pissed me off more than most plays because, um and 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 then the description after the game the explanation as to why they went that route only made me even more mad. Oh yeah, uh, infuriated because they're basically saying like oh we saw Tannehill miss on a couple of throws and we didn't want to have a situation like we had in Cleveland against a historic defense uh, in, in Cleveland did not want to have that situation where you missed out on getting points. The the two situations were totally different because in Pittsburgh, you had a timeout, which is why the Titans ran that draw. They had a timeout. So to say that you didn't want the same thing to happen in Cleveland in Pittsburgh, that that's, that's the biggest load it's of bull crap. Coaching scared. Heard. It's coaching. Scared. It, it really is scared. Money if don't make money. If you're going to let Will Levis be your starter, then let him cook, right? He does not need to be on a short leash where if he misses on a couple right. throws, you get conservative. Yeah, Let him keep throwing. Let him throw his way and, out of these. He's capable of doing it. Some of the throws he made in the, in the first half of that game, the first and 23 really sticks out to my mind, mainly because I've never seen a first and 23 in my entire life. But uh, <laughs> the fact that he connected with DeAndre Hopkins on a, on a, on a rope, he, he put that, that ball on, on a laser and connected for the first down on first and 23. You're thinking first and 23, uh, throwing from your own end zone. You're thinking, okay, well, just get it out enough to where Stonehouse has enough room to punt. No, Levis says, no, give me the ball. And he, and he makes magic happen. I'm thinking, okay, look, this, this kid can ball. This kid can play. And I was thinking, well, the coaching staff is certainly going to see that and seeing that like he's playing well on the road in a tough environment like Pittsburgh, certainly he's going to get the opportunity. Then in the drive with four minutes left, the Titans inexplicably run the ball three straight plays and end around uh, for five yards, a handoff to Derrick Henry for one yard, and then a uh, draw to Tajay Spears for no uh, gain. And then the fourth down play to Traylon Burks, which man, Traylon Burks, I I I love Traylon Burks, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope man, he gets I, better. I, 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 hurt. I hope he gets better. Yeah, yeah, I do. I hope he gets better. It's just it's I, frustrating. I still have hope for him. Like after all I, the reports that we heard in training camp that he looks different, he looks ready to make take that next step. It's just injuries pop up, and you know he doesn't yeah. make tough catches. It's look, it, 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 Titans fans are really down on Burks right now. Uh, I'm obviously 
disappointed. I thought, you know, coming out of college, he would be that dude. He hasn't been that dude. He hasn't been a dude at all. Um, well, and it, it's been an uphill say, battle to begin with because when you get brought into a franchise after they traded away their best wide receiver and arguably the best wide receiver in the sport right now, um, that that makes it that makes it you, you you're facing an uphill battle from day one. Sure, it, but like it's, he's not even unwinnable. giving us he's not even giving us like Tajay Sharp numbers. No, yeah, it, it's it's an unwinnable battle that he had going in. So I can't I I wouldn't wish that upon my my worst enemy, but. I, I I was very frustrating. I'm I'm hoping that with this announcement that that Levis is the play caller, is the or is the signal caller, is the QB one that the Titans say, okay, we're gonna let you cook. And to me, that's the only chance that this Titans offense will have an opportunity to, gosh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, score more than 16 points in a game because in their four losses this season, or excuse me, five losses this season, they they haven't scored more than 16 points. Like that's that's absurd. And, and Vrabel steps un- up to the podium today, and he's like, "Okay, all of our all of our road losses have been a one score loss, except for the turd they laid in in Cleveland." Well, here's the thing, Mike: if you're coaching to kick field goals, then you're going to lose one score ball games. Yes, trading trading three for six is not going to win you a whole lot of football games. And when no. you have a quarterback who's capable of busting teams over the top, like I, so I was really impressed with Levis's debut, right? And, but I did have concerns. I was like, okay, how is he going to handle the, you know, the the short to medium throws? How how is he going to ha- handle crossers or tight windows over the middle? He passed that test, even though the Titans lost. They've just got to let him slip. It's time to take the training wheels off. If this is a guy for the future, why are we coaching him so conservatively? Let the dude yeah. go out and sling it all over the yard. He's going to throw a pick. He's going to throw two picks in a game eventually. Like, but the upside, the upside is so high that you have to take the bad with the good. Yeah. Titans Twitter is, is going to turn on him eventually. <laughs> like, it's, it's a matter <laughs> yeah. of when it's inevitable. Not, yeah. It's not if it's when uh, they do. Uh, but Jack, you know, speaking of turning on quarterbacks before we move on, um, you know, obviously we, we're going to have a lot more Levis discussions in the future and in, in oncoming podcasts. Uh, if you know, this, uh, porous offensive line with pool noodles for arms can uh, somehow keep him upright, then yeah, we'll have a lot more Levis discussion moving forward. Uh, but I do feel like we would be remiss if we did not discuss number 17. Um, it is, you had a great analogy. I loved your analogy earlier of the, you know, Ryan Tannehill's tenure as a Titans quarterback was essentially a night out. It was, you know, you start off at the pregame and, you know, starting to feel that buzz and you get loose. You're feeling good. You're like, yeah, let's go. I love this. We're having fun. You know, we're making it to the AFC championship, even the next year, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, even though you lost in the, in the super wild card round the very next year, then you, then you go 12 and five, you get that one seed in the AFC. You're like, yeah, come on. We, we rallied, puked and rallied and we're, we're back at it again. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, things, things start to, you know, you're starting to feel fuzzy. You're starting to feel, uh, you know, disconcerted and you're not necessarily all there and then you're feeling bad and then you are hugging toilet seats. And that's mainly because you can't walk on your busted up ankle, your high ankle sprain. So you're on the ground on your knees, hugging toilet seats in the blue tent. 
yeah, you, you know, your friends are going out or continuing to go out and you're, you're waiting in the blue tent, just watching them. And, and then you just are left with this, this brutal hangover to where you can't do anything. And to the point where it lasts into the next day, into the next season, if you will. And now you're saying, Will Levis is that first drink the next day. I, I think that is the, uh, Beautiful analogy because, and not to have an, an old fashioned analogy off Jack, but I too came up with an analogy for this. All right. To me, the way we look back at these Titans quarterbacks, I think is, is a way we, 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 this is the way I feel like we should look back at these Titans quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota got the Titans to a point where he, he could, uh, you know, he got us out of a dark, brutal hell. He started turning heads. He started getting people talking about the Titans again. To me, Marcus Mariota was your starter home. You buy a home. And yes. It's very, you know, it's like a one, one floor ranch style home. And it's like you just after you got married, you're like, okay, this is it. This is like just, this is a starter home. It's not forever, but uh, it got you to the next phase of life which was Ryan Tannehill. Then you move and you move into this nicer home, probably in like uh, in Bellmead and Brentwood or something, you know, or, or in Bellmead <laughs> or Brentwood. And you're like, okay, this is we got a lot more space, room for the dog to run. It's going great. Until you start to realize there's some problems with the home. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe a, a, a there's a gas leak in one room or, you know, there's a electrical problems in another room. And you're like, oh man, this is, this this house, although it is better than our last house, it still has its problems, its issues. But you know, to the naked eye, it's like okay, it's still still decent. But then, of ultimately, you're like, okay, we need to move on from this house. This house has too many problems. It it's not getting us to where we want to be. So then you then you downsize, and you downsize back to a home. However, with this home, you can eventually expand. You have the land to where you could. Add on build, to this home. Build a pool. You could build a pool. You can make this house better than what the last house even was without the issues, without the problems. That's the hope. However, there's a lot of factors that go into making that a reality. To me, that's where it is. However, but you cannot look back on your history, on your on your story without remembering the memories that you made in that house. And now Jack has one of the biggest down uh, the naysayers of number 17 on this podcast, the man you want to push in front of a train every single week. And this I have is to not talk true. You Our listeners of, know this is not true. I have to talk you off the ledge or the platform. I guess I should say, uh, Jack, please do not push Ryan Tannehill in front of a train. I feel like it's only right uh, to kind of close the book turn the page, turn the chapter on the Ryan Tannehill era in Tennessee Titans history. We go out with you saying positive things about Ryan Tannehill. So without further ado, Jack has prepared a top five list of five things that, uh, that are positive to remember back on with Ryan Tannehill. And so Jack, I will give you the floor now to go ahead and take it away. Yeah, you know, today kind of feels like a funeral a little bit because it's probably the last we see of Tannehill on the football field, barring injury, which Titans fans know is no guarantee. Yeah, um, we we could see it in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, he could be back on Sunday. But, uh, you know, it, it feels like he's done. Um, and, you know, on funerals, you don't 
you know, nobody, nobody dies and lives a perfect life, right? You, you know, there's always some flaws and some faults um, that go along with that person, but you don't talk about them. You only talk about the good things on their funeral day. And I want to do that with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill had a 38 and 23 record as a Titan starting quarterback in the regular season. He won 61% of those games, 14 game winning drives and 11 fourth quarter comebacks. Now the last couple of years is going to leave a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth, but 14 game-winning drives. It's 14 times Titans fans were on top of the world. Um, moving on, it, three straight postseason and, appearances. At, at a point, that was the most in football too. During yeah. uh, in the in the time of him becoming a starter, that exactly. was the most of any quarterback: Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, anyone, uh, Brady, even. Three post three straight postseason appearances. He went to back or he won the AFC South back to back years. Earned a number one seed in the AFC, uh, had the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Um, you know, against the division, it's really hard to dominate your division in football in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill did that. He went six and two against the Colts, five and one against the Jags, four and two against the Texans. That's 15 and five in the division as a starting quarterback. That is ridiculous. That's incredible. That is insane. That is that is absolutely incredible. And I and I one of the biggest knocks that Tannehill haters had against Ryan Tannehill was that he performs well in the regular season, but not in the playoffs. To me, and I think I hope more Titans fans are realizing just how important it is to perform in the regular season, because without performing in the regular season, you don't get the opportunity to play in the postseason. And you know, the number of quarterbacks, only one team wins a Super Bowl every single year. And I feel like that's lost on a lot of NFL fans, a lot of Titans fans, especially the fact that like Aaron Rodgers is the same way MVP season after MVP season, the man has one Super Bowl in his entire career. And that even that was 13, 14 years ago. So like the, like you can do that knock on a lot of quarterbacks, Josh Allen, same thing, always performs in the regular season. In the play, in the playoffs, very few quarterbacks. Very few quarterbacks win a Super Bowl. Very very few quarterbacks win a Super Bowl. And the you know one of the most underrated parts about all of Tannehill's successes in Tennessee was the fact that in really four seasons, four full seasons, because he played half of that 2019 year, played half of 2023, and there's some injuries mixed in between. So you know he he was a starting quarterback from 19 to 23, but really it's about four seasons. There was a lot of change at offensive coordinator. He had Art yeah. Smith for two years. Then he yep. had Todd Downing for two years. This year he had Tim Kelly. That's a lot of change to sustain that high level of play that we were seeing from the Titans offense. Those first three years, Tannehill was the starter. It was the starter in Tennessee. And that gets overlooked. Like that's Mario, that's Mariota's Mariota defenders, which I, I like to consider myself one. Um, that's the first thing they go to is well, how are you gonna yeah. be successful when you're rotating offensive coordinators every offseason? Tannehill went through the same thing. You could see it in the tape. Honestly, you could see it in the tape with Mariota of how just how great of a gamer he was early on in his career. And I think just over time, the the number of influences he had from his higher ups over time just eventually wears on you. And I think the same thing, but uh, like essentially happened to Tannehill. You know, like uh, look at the like the best quarterbacks usually do not go through that many coaching changes in such a small amount of time. Um, They happen, sure, but not 
near as much. And I think that's why they continue having that success is because you're having the same voices breathed into you at the same points. And everyone wants is going to point the finger at Tannehill for his failures and shortcomings over the last couple of seasons. But the drop-off from Arthur Smith to Todd Downing should not go understated. It should mm-hmm. not go understated. Art Smith was creative, a little too creative at times. However, that offense was always open. It was Waffle House, Austin. It was open yeah. 24-7. The playbook was wide open. You, so I it, loved it, it so much. It was unpredictable. So unpredictable, in fact, that John U. Smith ran the ball way way too many times like it it, it it got out of hand at some at some times but yeah Todd Downing you knew what was coming and that hurts Tannehill and Tannehill's gonna take the blame for it because you can get rid of Downing and forget all about him but Tannehill stays and Tannehill's easy to throw dirt on Just, I'm respecting Ryan Tannehill today I hope that Titans fans even though this news does energize a lot of us including me I'm very excited about Will Levis I do think we have to be careful in how we view Ryan Tannehill's tenure in Tennessee because Outside of Steve McNair, it was definitely the most successful tenure of yeah. any quarterback here. Statistically, you could argue that uh was better than uh Steve McNair, but I'm not gonna yeah, go Steve, there because Steve McNair was with oh. the franchise for longer. It's it, you know, Steve McNair deserves that number one spot in Titans lore. Right. Tannehill wasn't right. here long enough to really give him a run for his money, although he came really close in 2019, didn't he? He's getting yeah. the Titans, he was two wins away from a you know a Super Bowl trophy. So yeah, literally, he was two win. He was he was a win away from getting the Titans as far as Steve McNair ever did, and and you could say, well, Tannehill only did it once. Yeah, Steve McNair only did it once. It as one well. win away. Steve, Mc- Steve McNair, Steve McNair, lost Steve McNair, gamer in the in the playoffs, two thousand four when he won co MVP. Uh, they were one and done in the playoffs that year, I believe. Uh, I think they lost in the divisional round that season. So. You know, like it, it's not easy to do what he did. And I think a lot of people really the biggest nay saying Tannehill haters have against him is that Bengals loss. And I mean, if you want to if you want to put this dude's entire fortune, like we just had Le- saw Levis in his debut throw for four touchdowns. Titans fans want to act like we've never seen that before. We saw it literally just two seasons ago. Tannehill did it multiple times four touchdowns. No picks. It, it, it's been done before. I think people just like to uh, like kind of have uh, short memories about that. And, and I look, give give Tannehill the props that he is due because he did. He got this franchise out of a place um, or he, he took the baton, I guess I should say, from Mariota and took the next steps with it. Um, and unfortunately, you know, due to other unforeseen circumstances we've taken a few steps back but yeah he did a lot for this franchise and i'll go back to your kind of discussion on why Traylon burks was in a tough spot because he had to fill the shoes of aj brown the titans between like 2004 and like 2018 there was no sustained success in there right yet you would have one off years like 2009 but the titans weren't always making the playoffs and it certainly wasn't regular so when Tannehill started doing that, people start remembering the days of Steve McNair and those teams when they were in the playoffs. Steve McNair would elevate his game in the postseason. Ryan Tannehill did not do that. And so I think folks were especially hard on Tannehill for not playing better in the postseason because of what Steve McNair was able to do in the playoffs. He was able to yeah. win. He was able to make plays. He was able to pull rabbits out of hats. Tannehill was never going to be that guy. The Titans didn't want Tannehill to be that guy. 
No, but they didn't I, need I do, him to be. Exactly. And well, you know, there were some games where it would have helped. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but I, I think that that, I think that's part of the reason why Tannehill is so kind of harshly judged by a section of this fan base. That's all I'll say on Ryan Tannehill. Um, because I, this is more about Will Levis and Tannehill, but I do think you have to pay homage and pay respect to the job that Tannehill did. Look, and if Jack Gentry can do it, so can you, Titans fans. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, uh, Jack, and I do think you you did mention, uh, in fact, it was Jack's idea to do this on the podcast today, which absolutely blew my mind. Um, if I go back to our text message, um, Jack said, uh, Jack, Jack came up with like, you know, the idea of what to do. And I said, uh, I said, oh, wow, I was going to suggest the same, but you saying it first. Wow. Um, that to me tells me that Jack has grown. Jack is, you know, willing to look back and not, uh, I, you, I think you also did say you want to put a, uh, referendum on the, uh, Metro, uh, public transportation. Yeah. We go buses, we go buses are off the roads today. No one's pushing anybody in front of a bus today, but no buses, trains, anything. Uh, I'm going to see what I can do here in Chicago to get the CTA trains to stop. Uh, in fact, they probably already are just because of I don't know, <laughs> someone, someone jumping on the tracks or something crazy. Uh, they tend to do that on a regular basis, but, uh, well, the, the uh, bears fans live there, so I can't blame them that much. That's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You look Titans fans. You think we have it bad. My gosh. <laughs> I, I, I wish the giants came there. The giants have a, the giants are scoring like less than 11 points per game this season. So I, as much as I want to complain as a Titans fan, I, I look at some other teams and I'm like, damn, there are other teams that have it worse than us. I I can't even imagine how that's true. All right, let's well, before we get to Lucas Panzica, let's first get a word from our friends at BetMGM. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to age, Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued is not withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. The problem game Sport of Tennessee Red Line We're joined now by a guy who's here to break down the entirety of Nashville SC's uh, playoff game. No, uh, no, Lucas Panzica, the our favorite part of the Buck Rising show. Honestly, the only part of the Buck Rising show you should be tuning in for, the producer extraordinaire. And as a former producer in that, that very building, I can uh, say just how important producers are. And most of the time, just how good looking and uh, sexy they are. So uh, with that said, let's bring on Lucas Panzica. Lucas, how are you, man? I'm good, guys. Great to be talking to a zone legend in Austin Huff. Your your number's retired around here. I hope you know that. There is just, it? There are Austin Huff pictures all over the hallways. It's like Eric Berry, Ron Slade, yeah. basketball, uh, yeah. Derek Henry, and, and Austin Huff. 
I think it was those two episodes of Trivia Trifecta that I hosted that really solidified <laughs> it for me, put me in the ring of honor. <laughs> no, I appreciate um, y'all having me, man. I feel like uh, how disappointed are people going to be, though, when, they, when they're back into the Titan season? Like, oh, Levis is the quarterback. I'm going to tune back into Titan Up Pod. Haven't listened in a couple weeks. Uh, like yeah. Jim Wyatt probably talking about it. Mike Keith, Teresa Walker. And uh, and they're going to be greeted with with Lucas Panzico wearing a Nashville SC polo. Well, it's it's going to be hard to determine whether people are tuning in this week for the Will Levis news. Like it's kind of reinvigorated this fan base or the fact that we do have Lucas Panzico on this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, we figured this is a week to turn to youth uh, and and uh, energy. <laughs> and oh, so yeah, I'm into that. So, which is why we said, you know what? Lucas Panzica is the guy to go to. Lucas, well, I, I don't think, I don't want to say like your first thoughts after Will Levis was named starter, because I think it was like kind of the handwriting on the wall. I think we kind of all expected it, this decision to be made. Otherwise, there would have been, you know, riots in the streets of Nashville uh, and not just from bachelorette parties. I, what, what, like, how do you feel moving forward? Do you think this gives any inkling of a hope for this season? Or is this strictly just to see what you got moving forward? Well, first of all, I, I actually was extremely surprised to hear Mike Vrabel come out and say it today. Not surprised. Really? Not surprised that Levis is the starting quarterback on Sunday. Like that fully, I expected Will Levis, whether Tannehill was healthy or not, to come out and take the first snaps and be the guy in Tampa. But I'm very surprised that Mike Vrabel just came out and said it. And not only said Levis is starting for us on Sunday, but also said Ryan Tannehill is our backup quarterback. That I did not see coming. I, I truly. But here we are. I don't know. I I also wonder what what is the point of coming out and just saying it? You know, why, why tell the Bucks who your starting quarterback is going to be on Sunday? Is it just to appease a portion of the fan base? So I did not expect it whatsoever. But obviously, he communicated it to the team and he communicated it to the fan base. And here we go. As far as for this season, I think the Titans are are doing this uh, to stay in the race. Like this isn't your typical. Well, season's lost. Let's see what we got in the young guy. The young guy has led you to your best offensive performance of the season. So a case can be made that this is also very much a move that gives you the best chance to win. Taking the temperature of the Titans fan base, it's it's really kind of easy to do with callers over at the zone. What have you heard this week um, from some of those callers about how they want the quarterback situation to be handled moving forward? Well, it's funny the uh, 180 that I'm uh, that I'm already picturing tomorrow from people ready to burn this thing down to like earlier today <laughs> we went through the game release. Titans put out the game release and the quote unquote unofficial depth chart is out and Ryan Tannehill is QB one and and Levis is QB two and people <laughs> are ready to lose it. To no, lose no, it. no, no, no way! Titans fans like were like freaking out over that, right? Like Titans fans probably <laughs> took that in stride and like very, unca- were, yeah. very reasonable, very sound in their water off the ducks back. Yeah, right. <laughs> it would be very uncharacteristic for Titans fans to overreact <laughs> to something so minute. You're right, but to my surprise, there they were. And then Mike Vrabel at 1 p.m. right off the top, Levis is our starter, and it's just a, I'm back, baby. That's what I'm expecting because we got off the air right before Vrabel's presser. So I am fully expecting tomorrow to be just a I'm back, fully invested back in the season. That doesn't mean fully invested in an AFC South run, but just invested in watching this football team every Sunday because for better or for worse, you feel like you are watching the future kind of be built before your eyes. And that is very much a reason for people to watch their football team, regardless of how competitive or not they feel they can be in their respective division. 
you know, we'll have plenty of time to talk about what the future looks like with this Titans team, the offseason. They have so much money to spend, but that's later. For now, what do you think the Titans' ceiling is this season with Will Levis at quarterback? Oh, that's a good question. Can they win on the road? Like, can they win a single road game? Yeah. Or right. will it end up being, oh, I, I was looking at it earlier. What would their record be if they were to just go winless on the road and undefeated at Nissan Stadium? Like well, seven, seven techni- techni- Yeah, mm-hmm. technically one of their, their home games was on the road. So that has exactly. kind of really, really screwed us over with this whole thing. Um, but yeah, it that, that would it, it's unreal how this team cannot win on the road. And they used to, they used to be like their calling card, like that, like when their backs are up against the wall, like going into another team's building, like they used to be the Titans thing and they could, they used to struggle at home was the problem. I'm trying to figure out like what, what is the common thread in, in the way these games play out? Cause a lot of them have played out similarly, right? Like 20 to 16 type of losses, like on Thursday, but is it that the best front sevens they have faced have been on the road with the Steelers and the saints and the Browns? I don't know. It's, it has been very odd, but as far as ceiling is concerned, I'd be, I'd be willing to say somewhere around that 500 mark uh, is, is something that, that you know, it, anything substantially above that, like you're sitting here at three and five, you know, to go 10 and seven this year now means that, uh, you know, you, you go what seven and five down the stretch. Seven, well, it'd be seven and two, wouldn't it? Uh, seven yeah. and two, uh, man. Wow. That was some all time math by me right there. Uh, so, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess there is a scenario where this, the schedule is significantly lighter now than it was in the first six weeks of the year, but even, you know, 10 and seven, that feels closer to, to 500. So yeah, I think around that 500 mark, give or take a game, if you're talking ceiling, that's where I'd go. Uh, mine is, the, I'll I, go. I, I was the, I, in I'm the hoping, hunt graphic. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. I just want them to be in the hunt with like yeah. three weeks left so that that's I can start watching other games for scenarios and, and like pretend that the Titans have a chance to get one of those wild card spots. I just want to be in the hunt. You that just want to be in the graphic. You just just want to be on the graphic. Put me in the graphic. Just yeah. make the <laughs> graphic. Okay. That's enough for me. Who's who's on the graphic right now? If if you look at uh, AFC South standings, I think the Colts are on the graphic, which is like really annoying because uh, I think the Texans are. I think that the Jets are on the graphic. Um, the Steelers are on the graphic. The Chargers, saw- the Chargers, who sucks but are actually talented, are on the graphic. They're the weirdest team in football. The Titans are like one game back from being on the graphic. That's all yes. I was. I, I I saw I saw a it wasn't it wasn't an official. Uh, division leaders, wild card in the hunt graphic, but it was percentage chance to make the the playoffs. And the Titans were the only AFC South team not on there. And it went all the way down to, I think, 11% or maybe 6% uh, to make the uh, playoffs. So um, not that didn't make me feel too great. Uh, it didn't, uh, it didn't make me feel very good at all, but, Lucas, I, I want to ask you, man, going into, you know, if this, if this decision was made last, this time last week, I think we would all be losing our collective minds. Like we would be going absolutely nuts. Like, yes, let's go. This, you know, Titans are back. You know, it'd be a lot of Undertaker uh, gifts being shared on Twitter. There would be, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people going to the stores right now, buying their Levis jerseys. However, this is coming after a Thursday night loss where on the road, Titans 
only put up 16 points. And now there's not Will Levis's fault by any means at all. I mean, he played very well. He threw the ball well. I think you could chalk it up more to play calling than anything. But does that take any wind out of the sails for the Titans uh, with this decision? Like, is there any like thought of you of like, wow, even a Will Levis, a guy with an immaculate arm uh, with, you know, a, a, a youthful energy and presence, even he can't fix this offense. Like he he's not the, the full-time fix for this offense because, you know, even though he put up what 28 points in his first start, the very next week, it was right back down to the Titans offense that we've known for the last three seasons now. It was, but there were a lot of variables in that game where uh, you score, you lose the game 20 to 16 and you come away going, man, defense really let him down, you know? Uh, <laughs> right. And so there yeah, were a lot. Yeah, yeah. Levis still felt like a bright spot in that Thursday night football game, right? Like, I feel like most people came away. Yes, the Titans offense once again struggled on the road, couldn't pass that 20 point mark, one offensive touchdown. Still, you left not really deterred that. You want him to continue to be the guy moving forward. The result wasn't any different on Thursday in Pittsburgh than it was in Indianapolis, uh, in in New Orleans, a low scoring game where you know red zone offense sputters and and you know you lose in a game where neither team could really get over the twenty point mark or much further past it. Yet you came away with a completely different feeling around your quarterback uh, because he did some really good things in the Pittsburgh game. The biggest thing going in to this season, I was worried about Levis coming into the fold and everybody demanding to see Levis because of the see what you got argument. And for me, it was the biggest knock on him at Kentucky was for me, his best tape, his, the, the most success he found was when his offensive line was good. When he had the play caller, he liked when he had everything is happening and working around him. And then the offensive line takes a step back and he's playing through some stuff and he loses yeah. some wide receivers, a new play caller and the production just, you know, dipped in a big way. And so I was thinking if Levis couldn't elevate that Kentucky team in 2022, then, you know, why are we so confident that he's going to be able to elevate this Tennessee Titans team at this level? But that's exactly what he did in the Falcons game. And you felt like he gave them a chance to win in the Steelers game. They didn't put the ball in his hands on, on that second to last drive. They didn't give him that opportunity really yeah. save for the fourth down where it's a deep shot to Burks and, and then you're, you're having to count on the defense to come up with a stop and then march down the field with no timeouts and hardly any time on the clock. So, uh, so, you know, I, I do think people are really excited to see if we see that version again of the Titans offense against the Falcons, where Levis doing things that, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill as, as successful as his stint has been with the Titans just isn't capable of doing that. I don't know if any quarterback in Titans history is capable of doing in terms of some of the things you saw with the arm strength and the deep balls against the Falcons, that is plenty of reason for people to be locked in game in and game out, regardless of what they think about the long-term outlook of the season and what the team can or can't accomplish. It is amazing what having a guy that just gives you that inkling of hope for the future at the quarterback position can do to, to reinvest you back into the season. His yeah, release is good. so quick too. Like that, that's one of the prettiest parts about his game, in my opinion. And that's kind of one of those silver lining games. And I know on this podcast, we're not much for silver linings, but with a rookie quarterback, you kind of got to take a few here and there. And that felt like a game where the Titans didn't lose. They just ran out of time, right? Because that was Levis's first turnover. He had to force the ball into the end zone. But outside of that, I agree. I thought that they should have thrown the ball before fourth down on that, on that second to last drive, or maybe it was that 
no, it was the second to last drive. And you know, that, that, that was, that was frustrating to me. I understand probably why you call it. I disagree with it, but I understand it. Um, but looking forward, you mentioned like clean pockets are so important to, to his play. And when you're a deep ball passer, you have to have time to go deep. The Titans offensive line's banged up right now. It, what do you know about the tackles heading into this week? Who do you expect to see out there? I expect to see Andre Dillard and assuming Chris Hubbard remains in concussion protocol, which I don't know that he is, uh, Dylan Radens. Uh, because what other options do you have at this point? Yeah, I do think the situation has gotten dire enough to the point where if they were ever to consider putting Peter Skaronsky at left tackle as badly as they do not want to do that. And I believe they want to avoid that at all costs. They want him to be the left guard of the future. I don't even know if he's taken any reps at left tackle at any practices this year, but we are getting to the point where the situation, if the, if the, if your options are, either Jalen Duncan or just kick out Peter Skaronsky. I really think they would kick out Peter Skaronsky, but I bet we see Andre Dillard give it another go at left tackle on oh. Sunday. They need Chris Hubbard back in this lineup so that the contingency plan can then be, uh, okay, Dylan Radin's in at left tackle. My question is, what's the breaking point? Last year, the breaking point was week 15 when they finally said enough is enough, and they put in uh, uh, Dylan Radin's for Dennis Daly at the Chargers, and he promptly tears his ACL after like two snaps. So I don't know <laughs> if that breaking point would come any earlier this year. Uh, we will see. And it'll depend on Andre Dillard. And if those yeah. cool performances just continue to stack up the way they have, and it's just made that much worse that he's your highest paid offensive lineman. Oh, like, please yeah. don't say that. And it's not that close. You have to think like safety comes into a factor eventually because right? like, look, if you're rolling out your rookie quarterback who is looking to be the face of your franchise for the next, you know, five years plus, like you got to keep him upright. You have to keep him healthy. So like why I, it, it, sometimes I feel like this, this, this coaching staff is just too stubborn for their own good. They feel like they can coach their way out of pockets um, or, uh, you know, out of, out of, uh, out of ditches. And they, they never do <laughs> like they, they just, they stick to the plan. They stick to the thing almost until it's too late. Like you said, like the week 15 last year before Dennis Daly finally took a seat on the bench, like, this is it's very frustrating how like we as titans fans who should be the last people to ever see something uh you know when it comes to football schemes how we can see this before the the own freaking coaching staff can you know like it, same thing with like the the offensive play calling in the in the steelers game like why like how we can see like Wow, Will Levis came out in that first half and balled out probably better than a lot of us expected, and in a uh, in a tough road environment, you would think, oh, okay, the coaching staff also sees that, and we're going to open our playbook up a little bit more in the second half. But instead, they uh, like in any passing opportunity, they run a draw to Tajay Spears, and like it just it's that. With with the uh, with the personnel decisions with the offensive line, it just feels like I'm like losing my mind. Where this coaching staff is almost too stubborn for their own good. Don't get me wrong; I think a coaching staff needs to be stubborn to an extent. I think it, that if if you let a fan base run any NFL team in America, that NFL team would go zero and sixteen every single year. Well, if Josh <laughs> McDaniels is coaching a team, they'd probably beat his team. 
That, that's okay. Sorry. Sorry. Any uh, 31 of the 32 NFL franchises. If you let a, an NFL fan base coach them, they like, so you do need to have that level level of stubbornness, but sometimes I almost feel like it, like then pride takes over uh, and meets stubbornness at a certain point, And that's where it just bites you in the ass. And I'm really hoping that, that things change with, with Vrabel, like with this move, like it's like, okay, it, you know, kind of lights a fire under his ass, not just, not just the teams. And I, and leading into that, like uh, that entire, that entire uh, monologue right there, I feel like it leads me into my next question of, you know, there was all these rumors over the weekend of, Oh, uh, Mike Vrabel could be the home run hire for the, uh, for the new England Patriots. And, and that's never going to go away. It's no, it's not. And it's not, he, obviously he's a, he's in their hall of fame. Now he is, uh, forever tied to the New England Patriots, but I have had this this thought in the back of my head, and I I never I didn't bring it to this podcast just mainly because I, I feel like that would be irresponsible of me, uh, and I've uh, and I didn't even bring it to like cork bats or anything like I've 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 kept this away, but I've had like discussions with friends off of off mic and off video. I feel like Vrabel the way he's been acting this year. Just in press conferences, in uh, the, like he, he's been a little bit more snippy with the media than in years than in years past. And don't get me wrong, that's that's even more snippy than he already is. I feel like there is something like he's just giving the feelings of, oh, he's one foot out the door, looking for something new. And the way he, I don't know, he, the way he buttered up with with Bob Kraft when he was in New England during the bye week. It just it it only added fuel to that thought that I had leading into it, and and I know obviously like the Titans would have to work out a trade a trade because he is under contract, but I don't know. L what are your thoughts there? Is there any like validity in your mind as to the all of these rumors swirling New England and Mike Vrabel's name? Is there any validity to the idea that Vrabel would be at or near the top of the Patriots list if they move on from Bill Belichick? I absolutely buy that 100%. Uh, on the second part, I just think Mike Vrabel is a guy that like losing mentally and physically affects him every day of his life. Like, I think it drives him absolutely insane. And to me, if you're talking about some of the uh, b behavioral things at press conferences, for lack of a better term, I think I would attribute it more to that, more to the way the season is going versus the one foot out the door thing, because this franchise has invested in Mike Vrabel. Like this yeah. franchise, like, this is not a thing of, uh, well, you know, you know, grass is always greener, want a change of scenery. Like, I don't know if, if this is what Mike Vrabel wanted, the more control over the roster, but this franchise is putting a lot into him to kind of be the catalyst that if you're going to win a championship, I don't know, make a case for me right now on why the New England Patriots are better equipped at the moment to uh, that's, to that's what I'm make saying. a championship than the Tennessee Titans. Why like, would you well, want to go to a worse situation? I, I well, it's a really bad situation right now in New England. And I know he's a franchise legend, but it is, it's a crazy sentence to utter that the Tennessee Titans are a more stable franchise right now than the New England Patriots and that there is more to be optimistic about in the future with the Titans than the Patriots. Now, that is in 
insanely low bar with the Patriots right now because there's nothing there. Nothing. Right, right. Not and one. you've got to be the guy. Promise. And you've got to be the guy who follows up Bill Belichick, who won six Super Bowls. Like, who wants sure, to be sure. that guy? But, but, but you guys also have to think of it as the the familiarity. Geez, that's a hard word to say. I always struggle with that one. It's familiar okay. I, familiarity. I playing like 23 regular season games earlier. So uh, the familiarity and just the feeling of home. I, I feel like you guys are like, yeah, in theory, like when you look at it from a football to football standpoint, it, it's a no brainer to stay in Tennessee because Tennessee right now is like steps ahead of New England in terms of rebuilding and getting back to where they want to be. But that feeling of home, Man, like, and and I can say this. Look, I I've got a a very very comfortable job, and I love my job in Chicago. But if Nashville came calling, I would listen. You know, I wouldn't shoo a Nashville aside because it's like, oh well, I've got I've, I'm in the number three market in the country. I've got a morning show. I'm doing things are going great right now. But I would still like if Nashville was like, hey, you know, hey, look, you know, like we may not be as good as Chicago. But, you know, hey, w- would you want to come back home? I would certainly listen. And I think that's what Vrabel feels. That's how he feels about New England, where it's like, that's what he knows. That's He had so much success. And I think he would love to be the guy to get New England back there. Because you got to think, football coaches have that sense of pride where they always feel like, oh, I can be the one to fix them. I can be the one to go in there and be the saving grace. And I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a lot of that there. and. No matter how good things are or how much better things are in Nashville with the Titans right now, there will always be that sense of, man, the glory days of when he was a player, when he when he was winning Super Bowls in New England. I mean, he said it that that weekend when he was up there. He's like, you know, I, I have always tried to, in every team I have coached, I have tried to get my locker rooms to be like what we had in New England. And I... I, I never have been able to, and I probably never will be able to. No, and dynasties don't come around that often. Though. Yeah, and which I mean makes sense. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault him for saying that, but it's also like that 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 sentence alone just feels like the oh he is still grasping onto those. It's like high school football players, you know, like wearing their Letterman's jacket back and coming back to homecoming every year. You know, like you just have that sense of pride of like never being able to let go. And I think Vrabel has a little bit of that. Am I, is anyone else picking up on that? Uh, no, I think there is a, there's more of a tinge of, uh, of, of, of sadness and a pathetic nature to a guy coming back to his high school every year into his forties. <laughs> he won a Super Bowl. But look, I, I think again, like the new England Patriots, do they consider Mike Vrabel to be somebody that they would want to be a successor to bill Belichick? I could absolutely see that scenario. When it comes to Mike Vrabel in the here and now, I truly, truly, I don't think that's on his radar right now. Like I, Bill Belichick's the head coach there. Bill Belichick still would need to be fired over there. I think as much as head coaches, yes, are prideful when it comes to that. And just the thought of going back to New England and bringing the Patriots back to prominence, despite all the challenges that are there right now. Absolutely. That's something that competitors and, and head coaches who are psychopaths would relish. But I think Mike Vrabel is also obsessed with right now, obsessed with the day-to-day of what's happening with the Titans right now and helping the Titans get out of this hole and helping the Titans get back in the race. To me, I think that is everything that is occupying Mike Vrabel's mind right now is the Tennessee Titans. If the Patriots were to call, 
you know, would he have to listen? Sure. The Titans would also have to listen too, by the way, because the Titans would, Amy Adams Strunk would be the one that would have to make that deal and make that happen. I, I think we are a long way from that right now. And I think Mike Vrabel's obsession at the moment has nothing to do with the New England Patriots. It has to do with getting this team out of a three and five hole and uh, back into a playoff race this year. I, I will totally say agree. here, here we are saying, Oh, how much better things are off in Nashville than in uh, Foxborough. But um over the last calendar year, uh, the Patriots have, I believe, two or three more wins than the t- Titans do in that time span. Three and twelve over the last uh, last year, so that not great, not great things going here. So that could add fuel more fuel. But objectively, yeah. Tennessee is the better situation. It's really hard to argue that. But um, yeah, I, I, there is, there is more promise with what is happening in Tennessee as far as the future of the franchise in a head coach that everybody kind of believes is good enough to win in this league versus the Patriots where it's been a pretty common theme for Bill Belichick ever since Tom Brady left and the quarterback situation, the cap space situation next year. Exactly. There there are a lot of things that are kind of ticked in the Titans side uh, versus the Patriots. Again, that's an insanely low bar because the Patriots are one of the most hapless franchises in the NFL right now. And that's insane. That's absolute insanity, but it's a fact And for the Titans, you at least have that. You have your quarterback. You feel like you have your quarterback, and you're going to have all sorts of room next year to maneuver and to build a franchise, build a roster that can be competitive in this league. And I think Mike Vrabel relishes that as much as anything. No state income tax either. Players players win in this league, and $100 million is going to bring you a few players that can win in this league next year. Um. Let's go ahead and get to the uncomfortable conversation that no one no, wants here to have. We here we go. We've got to have it. <sighs> Ryan Tannehill's days are over, right? Uh, you know, as of now, as the starting quarterback in Tennessee. You know, he's brought the Titans a lot. He returned them to playoff relevancy. He won 60% of his starts, you know, and he did all of this with uh, an average at best supporting cast, although Derek Henry did help him out quite a lot. But I'm talking about more so the weapons he had and he was throwing to. How do you sum up Tannehill's tenure in Tennessee? Because I think a lot of people are going to take this opportunity to dance on his grave and to rub all the people who supported Tannehill's faces in the mud. But I think that as a fan base, we have to appreciate where he took this team from 2019 to where, you know, I guess they were heading into last season um, and, and, you know, with injuries and, you know, a lot of change at the offensive coordinator spot and just personnel change in general, it kind of fell off. But he did take this team to heights that we hadn't seen in two decades. But how, I want to know how you, how you would sum it up. Yeah, and this is keep in mind, this is coming from a guy who uh, actively wants to push Ryan Tannehill in front of a moving train uh, every single week on this podcast. So that's that look, that's big of Jack Gentry to make those claims about Tannehill. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill saved this franchise. Straight up. Ryan Tannehill saved this version, this era of the Tennessee Titans. Like, let's think about, go back to the 29 or the offseason leading into 2019, where you've got your number two overall pick at quarterback. He's healthy. You feel like he's healthy going into that 2019 season. And then suddenly you, you get this cast off from Miami for pennies that the Dolphins basically are paying for you, paying to play for you. And you feel like at best, it's one of the better backup situations in the NFL. 
right? A former top 10 pick that the Dolphins had pegged to maybe be their franchise quarterback and got that opportunity. Injuries, obviously, not a lot of winning happened. Adam Gase, something to do with that. But in that moment, it just felt like, okay, you know, Marcus Mariota with a really good backup situation. And there there was, I remember that offseason, there was like this talk of, of a quarterback battle happening in Tennessee. Like, there was not a quarterback battle in Tennessee. Marcus Mariota was the starting quarterback. There was no question about that. And then you start two and four. It's bleak. The offense is ugly. There's that disgusting 16 to nothing loss in Denver. And everything is so hopeless. Just one thing changed. And it was Ryan Tannehill coming in. And next thing you know, AFC championship appearance, one seed, top number one scoring offense in the NFL. These are all things that happened after Ryan Tannehill came in. Nothing else really substantially changed about this offense. A.J. Brown was still there when Marcus Mariota was playing, even though he was a rookie. John U. Smith, Derek Henry, like Taylor Lewan, Ben Jones, all those guys were there. The one thing that changed was Ryan Tannehill. Ryan yeah. Tannehill absolutely saved this franchise to the point to where, I'll say this, he made you believe that the Titans can be a Super Bowl contender. Did he not? Yeah, he did. Yes. This franchise in a place where, Everything, every conversation was geared towards, okay, like what, how do we get there? How do we get to the Super Bowl? And for a couple of years, you had an offense that was capable of doing that. So yeah, Ryan Tannehill should absolutely, and I think he will, uh, when kind of time goes by, the, the Bengals game will always be this just. Oh, it's the, it's the one argument that Tannehill yeah. haters really, truly have. Yeah. It's, and the worst like, thing that he did that season was lead them to the number one seed and give them these expectations with a roster that was depleted with Derrick Henry coming back for injury from injury in that game. Yeah. And the expectation was to win that football game because he had won so many games in the regular season. And of course he picks a bad time to have the worst game of his career besides that. And they, and keep in, in mind, season. they still almost like it was a walk-off field goal. Like, you yeah. know, like people want to write that game off. Like the Titans got destroyed in that game. Like, no, like they they still only lost on a last second field goal, and uh, it it it's it's frustrating because you know I have you know all these like what ifs in sports history. Uh, yeah. you know what if Ken Griffey Jr. stayed healthy? You know, is he the greatest player of all time? Uh, what if uh, AJ Brown never gets traded? That one I think about way too often. Uh, and then also I think about what if Ryan Tannehill had another divisional round start in the playoffs? Like, I guarantee you he's not shitting the bed basically he's 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 going to go out there and put up a ryan like and i'm talking healthy prime Tannehill, not you know this 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 version of Tannehill we had this season um i i feel like he would go out there and, and prove a lot of naysayers wrong and i it just it sucks that's that the, we, will, we will never have that opportunity yeah. really that's the how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop hypothetical though you know it's, yeah. it's never right, gonna right but yeah. the greatest the greatest moments in the decade that was, uh, that was, we'll say, you know, 2015 through 2025. And we still got a couple more seasons to get to that point. But the greatest moment, other than, let's say, Mariota and, and the Titans beating the Chiefs on the road in the playoffs, all were with Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback, right? Winning in yeah. Baltimore in overtime. Every big Derrick Henry game, every big A.J. Brown game, the, the Sunday night football win in L.A. where you don't have Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So I do Tuesday, think Tuesday night against the time, Bills. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday night, night football. football. 
I'd really think that in due time, that is how people will remember Ryan Tannehill. That's how they should remember Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. As the guy, the guy who saved the Mike Vrabel era. Honestly, I don't think that's too strong. He saved the Mike Vrabel era from going down the drain because what happens if the Titans don't have Ryan Tannehill to put in uh, for Marcus Mariota, but they have, you know, I don't know, ex journeyman backup quarterback like Jacoby right. said. You right. know what I mean? Like, he saved the Mike Vrabel era. He saved this version of the Tennessee Titans. It would take hoisting. It would take hoisting the Lombardi to become the this franchise's favorite quarterback of all time to beat out Steve McNair. But I think Ryan Tannehill came as close as you possibly could to being the Easily. number one quarterback in this franchise's history over his limited time yeah. as a starter. Lucas Panzica, you're the freaking man. We love you, dude. Uh, the best part of the Buck Rising show heard every weekday, middays on uh, 104.5 The Zone at Lucas Panzica on Twitter and Instagram. Dude, Lucas, thank you so much, man. Thanks, guys. Love the Titan Up pod. Talk to y'all soon. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle! Tennessee has pulled a miracle! Shout out to Lucas Panzeca. Absolutely love him uh, to death. I I, I was going to have a, uh, a discussion on Mike Vrabel um, and, uh, because there, there are some points I want to make about him and his coaching and um, some ideas, but I'm going to save that for the next Titans loss when we're all oh, down. There won't Look, be one. I know. I hope not. I hope not. I hope we never get to that discussion. Um, but it is a, a discussion about the Bunsen burner um, as to whether or not what we should do, you know, what what the next step there is. Um, I think Will Levis buys him some time with the Bunsen burner. So I'm not going to get to that yet. Hopefully I, we never have to get to it. Um, but I do have some thoughts on Mike Vrabel, um, I guess his, uh, his, his future and really just the outlook that Titans fans have on Mike Rabel. Um, but we will save that for a rainy day. And I, I may be alone in this Jack, but I feel like I have gone through the biggest mood swings. And I talked about it in my reaction video on, um, uh, on cork bats this past week after the Steelers loss, I go through more mood swings with this Tennessee Titans franchise than I can remember is, and it's on a week to week basis. We joke about the odd week Titans and the even week Titans and the home Titans and the road Titans. I, like every other week I feel like, Oh, the Titans are back, baby. And then I go right back to thinking this team is doomed. We are never going to make the playoffs. This is awful. And, and then this week alone, I went through multiple mood swings with the loss after the Steelers game going right into Will Levis being named a starter. I'm like back. We are back, baby. I I can't deal with the amount of moods. I don't think my family can deal with the amount of mood swings that I go through with this team. Yeah, it's bizarre, but it's better than just being in the same sad mood all the time like we have been. Right. I, yeah. I feel like there's at least some ebbs and flows this year. And yeah. that's really the odd week and even weeks. You know? I mean, they, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not a cul-de-sac. I'll say it's not a cul-de-sac. It's a road that's being paved right now. We may have to wait in traffic for a little bit, but the road is being paved. And so there is hope that this road will be smoothed out and look good down, down the road <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> Thick laugh. I, uh, so, so why I think this week will be a good week is because the Buccaneers are on the schedule. Yes. All right. right. So Jack, I, you, I feel like you've got, um, You've got some stats that can uh, make us feel better about uh, where we are currently at. Yes. So the Buccaneers are not the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers defense is not the Buccaneers defense of years past. 
They rank 29th in total defense, 31st against the pass. Now, they do have a decent run defense. It's ninth in the league. I'll give out a little player prop. Whatever Will Levis's passing yards is, take the over. Because they can't stop a nosebleed in the secondary over there. And like some of you might be like, Jack, well, you know, rookie quarterbacks, I'm sure good head coaches can prepare for them. And Todd Bowles being the, you know, defensive minded guy, surely he'll come in a plan, come in with a plan for a rookie quarterback. Oh, you think so? Because rookie quarterback CJ Stroud just threw for 470 yards and five touchdowns against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was very promising. it, It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good that that's the defense the Titans are going up against. Baker Mayfield's not going to be able to beat you over the top, or at least, God, you hope so, uh, or you hope not. And Christian Fulton, we hadn't talked about him. He's played a little better hey, recently. He, Christian Fulton quietly put together a very good game last week. If you're without Traylon Burks this week, that's okay. Will Levis and Burks haven't really had that connection yet. However, there yeah. is one player that Will Levis has revitalized. It's number 18, Kyle What? Phillips. Wait, don't you mean number 81? <laughs> yeah, right. Do you see that on his on his shoulder? It uh, is how how does four. the equipment staff let us down like that? 81 on it like it, as much as we wanted to say it was Kyle Phillips, was that Josh Wiley or uh, who is 81? Is <laughs> yeah, I think it is Josh Wiley. I, yeah. I really hope I really hope nobody got fired over that mistake, but that was pretty bad. But Kyle Phillips did lead the team in receiving yards, 4 for 68. I mean, that's pretty solid. Um, but D hop's going to get loose again. Carlton Davis can't cover anyone. The Titans are in a get right spot against the bucks and they will get right. And they will come away with their first road win of the season. And will Levis is going to throw all over the freaking yard while they're doing it. So feel great Just, about this matchup there. The bucks weaknesses cater to the Titans' strength. So this, sh- this should, this is on paper should result in, in a big game from the passing offense. We do know that there are people within the Titans building that listen to this podcast on a regular basis. And to those people, I do ask, get word. If it if it's not Tim Kelly already who's listening to this podcast, we ask that you get word to Tim Kelly. Let Levis cook. Okay. Let, him cook. Those three, let that let that be your game plan. In fact, in the team meetings this week leading up to Sunday, just go into the team meetings and say, All right, guys, our game plan this week is we're going to let Levis cook let him do it don't even install any plays just walk in there with a chef's hat a pan a saucepan and a spatula and -hmm. you just hand it to will the team just scatters about the room everyone exits stage left will levis is sitting there with his chef's hat his saucepan and his spatula and he's thinking to himself well what what, what am i supposed to do with this and then a light bulb comes on yeah you need motivational video for the team on the saturday night meeting uh, just play some uh, Swedish Chef from the Muppets. You want to watch film this week? No, Master Chef. That's what's on the TV this week in the Titans facility. It's time Master, to cook. It's time to cook. Let Levis cook, okay, people? Just let him cook. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, follow Tighten Up Podcast on Twitter. I mean, on Instagram. Follow Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Uh, send us some soap titles. Need some soap titles? Shoot them our way. Uh, follow Jack on Twitter at Jack K Gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Jack, you got anything for the road? Josh Dobbs, what a hero game! Very impressed. Miss him. Titans legend Josh Dobbs. That's right. Don't you forget it. 
Don't you forget it. All he's right. gonna play till he's forty-five. Know. He's gonna play till he's older than Tom Brady. Yeah, he's smart, dude. He's like he's a freaking rocket scientist. All right, we're gonna get out of here because we are not rocket scientists. Uh, follow A to Z Sports on all the socials. Uh, with all that said, until next week. Time up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.